Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We are closing our series talking about the parables of Jesus. These are simple stories, but with a powerful message. And when Jesus started his parables, he told the parable of the sower or the four soils. And the first soil was the hard ground where He imagined himself saying the words of God, but in people's hearts, those words just bounced off. And his disciples asked him, why do you speak in parables? And he answered them in Matthew 13, 15, for the hearts of this people have grown dull or hard. Their ears are hard of hearing. Imagine the seed bouncing off the hard soil. Their hearts are hard. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Jesus was saying, I'm wanting to heal them. I'm pouring out my word that has life, eternal and blessing for this life on them. But if they would just open their hearts, open their ears, open their eyes, if they would just turn to me, they would get it. And today I want to look at four, three or four parables that Jesus told to people with hard hearts. Now the thing about a hard heart is that often we don't realize we have it. And this is where parables become so beautiful and so powerful. I don't know if you remember the story in the Old Testament when King David had committed adultery with Bathsheba and murdered her husband. And for a whole year he lived in that sin with a hard heart. He wasn't repentant. And a year later, Nathan the prophet came to him with a parable. He said there was a man who had a little lamb, just one little lamb, but there was a big farmer next door who had hundreds of sheep. And the big farmer came and stole the one little lamb that the man had. And and David suddenly was so angry because the story had pierced his hard heart. And then Nathan said, you are the man who stole somebody else's lamb. And so a story can sometimes bypass our defenses. And when we have a hard heart, often it's because we are proud or we think we're good enough. Now, the thing about pride is it's the one sin where Jesus says, humble yourself. It's not something God will do. It's something we have to humble ourselves. It's the one sin that will stop us receiving all the blessings from God. Pride is that hidden sin. You could go through a list of all the sins and say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And when you got to the end of the list, if you ticked everything, pride would probably be the one that is hidden, but is the sin that you have in your heart. So let's read a few of these parables. In Luke 18 verse 9, it says, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So In these four parables, we're going to see Jesus giving us symptoms so that we can look at our own hearts and say, wow, maybe my heart is hard. Maybe I'm proud. Maybe maybe I think I'm good enough. And in this one, he says they thought they were righteous and they despised others. So despising other people is a symptom. If you look at others and you think you're better than them or they're worse than you, there is a chance, a good chance that the doctor is saying there's a symptom of a hard heart. A bit like hardened arteries. We don't know we have them until we have a pain or an emergency, but they can kill us. Pride is like that. A hard heart is like that. Let's read the parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. 
one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Pharisees were the religious people. They were super religious and they were held in high regard as being the best and most religious of them all. Whereas tax collectors were evil. They took too much money from people, from poor people, and they were serving the Roman government. So they were traitors to their people and they were considered the lowest of the low. Two men went up to pray, a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. The problem with our hard hearts is we may think we're praying, but we're actually often just reinforcing our own thoughts. He said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. <laughs> I wonder if we say that. I, I'm not like those. They're not like me. I'm, I'm not as bad as that. They're not as good as me. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. He gone through the list of things to do and not to do, and he ticked them all, but he didn't realize he had pride. The tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So the first symptom of this pride is that I despise other men. I think I'm better, and I may pray, but often they're inward prayers. They're, they're talking about how great I am. Now, why am I saying this? I am gently trying to use the method Jesus used of telling stories to say, is any of this true in your life? The next story is Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And Jesus was invited to have a meal at a Pharisee's house. It says, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. So Jesus has gone into the Pharisee's house. We know that the Pharisees criticized Jesus because he mixed with tax collectors and sinners. And he said to them, those who realize they need help, I'm, I'm sitting with the tax collectors and sinners because they realize they need help. And then he used the illustration of a doctor. He said, if those who are think they're healthy, come across a doctor, they won't ask for help. But those who realize they need a doctor will ask for help. And Jesus also here went to eat with a Pharisee. And behold, a certain woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. This is the ultimate embarrassing situation. A very high class, polite, proper meal, uh, very religious, well-respected people, and a lady of the night comes in. She is known to be a lady of bad morals. She comes into the house, into the dinner. She wasn't invited, but she came in. Uh, she knew that Jesus sat at a table. She brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Now, this was the oil that um, immoral women used as their perfume. <sighs> She stood at his feet behind him, weeping. How inappropriate. And began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Can you imagine the scene? First of all, there's polite conversation. Everybody's sitting nicely and this lady comes in, embarrassed, looks around. And then she starts making a scene. She starts crying. There's a noise. 
She starts putting her tears on Jesus' feet. She gets into his personal space and puts her hair on his feet and wipes. And then she breaks this oil, this perfume, and she starts pouring it on his feet. Completely inappropriate. Now, why was Jesus telling us this story? You're going to see he uses a parable. When the Pharisee who had invited them invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, again, there's an inward dialogue. We may put on a show of being humble or good, but our inward dialogue will tell us what, what we really think. Spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Similar to the first story, he judged. Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor. So Jesus uses a parable. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii. That's 500 days worth of wages. That's quite a lot of money. Um, and the other owed him 50 days worth of wages. 550. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Now, Jesus was saying, in effect, if your heart is soft, you will realize you are the man who owes 50. She is the person who owes 500. Yes, she owes 10 times more than you. But get the idea, Simon, you Pharisee, you both owe. You both can't pay. You both need forgiveness. And he says the, the master forgave them both, forgave the, the debts. And Jesus came to pay for the sin of the whole world. He pours out grace in order for us to receive it and to repent. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who, whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. He turned to the woman and said to Simon. God looks at those whose hearts are broken and contrite. There's a lovely passage in the Old Testament, Isaiah 66. It says, this, On this one I will look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. God looks at the one who is humble and who is willing to receive his word, the, the seed in the soil. So he looks at the woman, but he's talking to Simon. He says, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. She has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but the, this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Now notice in the parable he says that the, the creditor cancelled both debts that were owing. They, they were completely cancelled, but it was the response, the, res, the, the recognition that she'd been forgiven that allowed her to receive the forgiveness. Whereas Simon, who had less sins, but because he didn't recognize he needed to be forgiven, he wasn't forgiven. To whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And she was forgiven, but Simon was not. And the key here, he says, is to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So the second symptom in my heart that I can look at to say, am I perhaps hard-hearted? Do I trust in myself? Am I proud? Has the secret sin of pride hidden itself somewhere in my heart? 
is do I love much or little? Uh, as well as judging other people and thinking I'm better than them, the second one is do I love little? And the way that love here is expressed is in worship. Can I ask you directly, my dear friend, how is your worship life? Do you worship with abandon, with emotion, with uh, passion, where you pour out your life? You know, the fragrant oil in another story, um, it says that it was worth a year's worth of wages. So it was a valuable thing that this woman was pouring out, not just her emotion, not just her willingness to be embarrassed and seem like a fool, not just her tears, not just her cries, but her money. She was pouring out her life on Jesus to say, I recognize you've given me so much and I am receiving much. Whereas Simon was polite. He was reserved. He did everything in decorum and in the correct way, but he wasn't loving Jesus very much. Wow, this is challenging. And these are the stories that enable us. You know, Jesus, he says he's the physician who wants to heal those who need healing. But he only says these things because he has healing to give. The son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings, Malachi says. Jesus has come to heal. And when we hear these parables, it's not to condemn us. It's not for us to say, oh, I must be better. I must worship more. I must try harder. It's for us to say, Lord Jesus, I think perhaps my heart has been hard and I need to learn to open my heart, realize that you've forgiven me. Maybe I don't need as much forgiveness as the serial murderer or the terrible thief or whatever it is, but we are all in the same boat. We cannot get to heaven without your forgiveness and we need salvation. And when we get to that point, suddenly it starts to flow. Right, the third one. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 18. Jesus tells a parable in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents of gold. A talent or a talent of gold was worth 20 years worth of wages. How much can you earn in 20 years? That was one talent. And this man owed the king 10,000 talents. Uh, it's just a mind-boggling amount. You could never pay it. The debt is so huge. And Jesus was telling this to show us that the amount we owe God is impossible for us to pay. We could try our hardest, be as good as we can, do all the religious things. We could never repay the debt we owe. It has to be forgiven as a free gift. But he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. A denarii was one day's wages, so a hundred denarii is about three months worth of pay. It's a small amount compared to the 10,000 talents that he owed the king. But let's see what happened. He laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt uh, 
because you begged me, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Friends, what is the problem here and what is the solution? The problem is that the man hadn't really fully comprehended or appreciated how much he had been forgiven. And the, the result of that was he was still harsh on other people who owed him money. Imagine you had been forgiven such a huge debt. You would, if you understood how blessed, lucky, <laughs> kind people had been to you, how lucky you were, you would have said, right, I'm forgiving. I'm releasing people who owe me because I don't have to work to pay this debt off anymore. But he hadn't appreciated it and he hadn't passed it on. And so the third symptom of us having a hard heart is that we haven't allowed God's forgiveness in and it shows itself by us not being willing to forgive others. Now, this is a hard one and it's a challenging one, but it is clear from the scripture. Let me please just make it clear here that we don't get saved because we forgive other people. We forgive other people because we have been forgiven. It's not a way of us earning our way into heaven by saying, let me go through and write, forgive, forgive, forgive. No, when I appreciate, when I sit back and think, God, you've been so good to me. You've been so kind. You've released me. You've poured love and generosity more than I could ever imagine into me. It will flow out and I will forgive others. Now, sometimes I have to do it as a decision. Sometimes I have to say, I forgive you. I, it's like if there was an invoice with the amount that that person owed me for their treachery or their mistreatment of me or their stealing or whatever it was, whatever I think that person did wrong and they owe me, I take that invoice, I say it's paid in full by Jesus and I cancel it, I rip it up and I say, you don't owe me anything. And often the emotions take a bit of time to follow. But the way that we can fast track this process is by sitting and appreciating how much God has forgiven us. My friend, how are you doing with this hard heart and with these stories that show us how much God has given us? You know, the seed of the word, the sower sows the seed. The word comes on the good and the bad. It's freely given to everyone. Jesus paid the price for the whole world's sins. He has paid for your forgiveness. But if your heart is soft and you let it in, it will flow out. You won't despise other people. You will see others as the same as you. We, we're no better than anyone else. You will pour out love and worship and gratitude to God. And you will pass on forgiveness, forgiveness to other people. I just want to stop for a, a quick moment and say it is difficult to forgive but the only way we can do it is through God's help, through allowing this love to pour through us, to say, thank you, Jesus, that you forgave me everything I've done. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness to me. I choose to freely release and forgive. Forgiveness is not saying what they did is right. It's admitting that it's wrong, but saying I'm not the judge. You notice in this, he, he wanted the person who owed him a little bit to be put in prison. And that's what it is. Unforgiveness is us wanting the other person to pay, to be put in prison. But we don't realize 
that when a person is put in prison, I have to stay in that town until the court case because I have to give evidence. And so we are also a prisoner. We are bound to that person and we can never be free and move on. And we have to say, Lord, it's up to you. I'm not going to testify anymore. I'm not going to hold this and rehearse this, this offense in my heart so that I have to give testimony one day. Lord, you know everything. You're the judge. I release you. I don't know why they did what they did, but I forgive them. And try that, my friend. It will help you to break up this hard heart. Lord Jesus, please help us, help us all to release and forgive those who've hurt us so that we can be free. In Jesus' name. Right, the last one, Luke 15. And this is the story of the prodigal son. And we know the story, I'm not going to read it all, but the, the two sons go to their father and the, the younger son wants his inheritance. So the father shares his inheritance to Luke chapter 15 and he gives to both sons everything that he has. The younger one goes and wastes it and lives a prodigal life and he has sinned and he knows it. And, and the Bible says he came to his senses and he went back to his father and he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Um, but the father said, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. So the youngest son realized his need. He was like the, the sinful lady in the Pharisee's house who realized how much he needed to be forgiven and he was broken and he opened his heart and he received his father's mercy. But the oldest son is the one that has the hard heart. And in verse 25 it says, Now the oldest son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come because he has received him safe and sound. Your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your command at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may, may make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Friends, the fourth symptom is that we think God owes us something, and as a result, we are not looking out to bring in those who have sinned. We are not rejoicing with those who come in for salvation. We think God owes us something. And this is, this is a hard one. You know, Jesus told another parable about some people who went to work early in the morning, some throughout the day and some right at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, they all got the same pay. And the ones who'd worked longer complained to the master and said, why didn't we get more? And the master said, it's my generosity. It's my grace. When we think God owes us something, it's a sign that our heart is hard. We think we've been serving him. The, the older son said, Father, I've been serving you. We think we're an employee earning a wage or, or we're in some kind of 
justice system where if I do this, 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 and this, then God will save me or answer my prayers or protect my family. We think I earn it. And he says, son, not servant, not employee, son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. You already have it all. You could have had a party every day. The cupboards are open. The bank account has your signature on it. I've given myself and my heart and my livelihood to you. You are my son. But he saw himself as an employee. He said, I've been serving you and I've never transgressed. He thought he was good enough. He thought he'd earned it. And the result was a hard heart and the unwillingness to rejoice. He came and he heard them having music and dancing. They were dancing so loud he could hear it from outside in the garden. And he said, I don't want to go in. I don't want to rejoice. I don't want to bring in the lost. And I myself want to, I want you, God, to say you owe me something. Now, most of us will not say that out loud, but I want to challenge you. How do you feel about the lost? When a person comes in and gets saved or when a new person comes into your church, are you welcoming to them? Do you want them to come in, even if they don't look like you, even if they don't act like you, even if they don't know the words of your songs, even if they don't seem to be a Christian, are you welcoming to them? Someone has said that we judge others because they sin differently to us. The younger son sinned in a public way by sinning in, in immorality, but the older son sinned by pride. And pride is the one thing that will stop our hearts from being open to God. Father, I pray that you would help us as we hear these parables to break our hearts open, to fall on you and to be broken by you because you are the one with healing in your wings. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came to save all people, the sinners of all types. And Lord, I am one of them. I'm not better. I don't deserve anything. I haven't earned anything from you. And I ask you, Lord, to come in, soften my heart, break my heart, let your word come in. Help me to be an extravagant worshiper, Lord. Help me not to judge other people. Help me, Lord, to forgive and pass on mercy to others and to reach out for the lost. And help me, Lord, always to keep my heart soft and tender for you. Friend, we love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.